الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده على من لا نبي بعده ولا أمة بعد أمته ولا كتاب بعد كتابه ولا شريعة بعد شريعته أما بعد فأم بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنما المؤمنون إخوة فأصلحوا بين أخويكم واتقوا الله لعلكم ترحمون My dear respected elders and brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for us a variety of rights. There are some rights that are based on blood ties and there are some that are based on faith. And today in the world when we look around we find that there are different alliances. So you have alliances based on political leanings, you have alliances based on economic interest, you have alliances based on interest, various interests. So people fall alliances, organization, political parties, coalitions, which might become the new thing in South Africa based on common interest. But one of the most amazing rights that come upon us is the right that is based upon faith. And in particular, I'm talking about the faith and the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. There is a common brotherhood that comes upon us which is based on the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Which Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, innamal mu'minuna ikhwa. All believers are brothers unto one another. All mu'mins, all believers are brothers unto one another. This is an amazing brotherhood. It is such an important brotherhood. Mawlana Abul Hassan Nadwi rahimahullah in his kitabs makes mention of an incident that when the captives of Badr were... So one of the captives, his biological brother came past him. right? And when he was in the guardianship of an Ansari Sahabi, so the brother looked upon his biological brother, he was Muslim of Makkah, the brother was an Ansari Muslim from Medina. And he looked upon him and said that maybe he will tell him and tell the Ansari, you know, that treat this my brother kindly. So he looked upon his brother and said, why don't you tell the person whom I'm a captive with that he must treat me kindly? And the Muslim brother who had migrated to Makkah said, he is my brother, not you. He is my brother, not you. That is how Islam had created a Muslim brotherhood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it that this is a brother based on faith, it is part of faith. Nabi Karim sallallahu has said in a hadith in Abu Dawud Sharif, it comes, لا تدخلوا الجنة حتى تؤمنوا You are not a believe, you will not enter Jannah until you have Iman. ولا تؤمنوا حتى تحبوا And you do not have Iman until you love one another. Can I not show you something that if you do it, Allah will create love for you? And that is Afshu Salama Bainakum, spread the salam. You will not enter Jannah until you have love for one another. If you don't have love for one another, you will not enter Jannah. This is a saying of our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah in the Quran has made an amazing way of describing this brotherhood. Now, normally in our speech, when we will say, we will tell one another, don't kill another person. Or we will say, don't take out false in another person. Or we will say, make salam to another person. Allah Ta'ala looks at this brotherhood in such a unique way that this brotherhood is one. That Allah Ta'ala in the Holy Quran, when He refers to our interaction with one another, look at the way Allah Ta'ala says, Make salam upon your own self. When you make salam to another person, you are making salam upon yourself. Don't kill your own self. He doesn't mean committing suicide. Don't kill another Muslim brother. By killing him, you are killing yourself. Don't look for faults in your own self. The meaning of it, don't look for faults and search for faults in your Muslim brother. 
To search for faults in your Muslim brother is like searching for faults in your own self. What joy do you get other than to rectify yourself? So there's no joy in taking out the faults of another person, especially your Muslim brother. Then look at how the importance with regard to this particular brotherhood. This brotherhood is so amazing that Nabi Karim Sallallahu Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu said that Nabi Karim Sallallahu one day was making Umrah and making Tawaf when he looked at the Kaaba and he said, Kaaba, very great is your, is your rank, very great is your majesty, very great is your superiority. And there is no doubt, we all know the superiority of the Kaaba, the Baytullah, the house of Almighty Allah, the greatest representation of Allah Ta'ala on this earth, the one that human beings make Tawaf upon it here in this world, in this earth, and directly above it in Bayt Ma'amur, the angels make tawaf of it. The one that was first built by Adam والسلام, and then rebuilt by Ibrahim والسلام, the one which Allah Ta'ala says, تقلب, تقلب O Prophet of Almighty Allah, we saw your desire turning up towards the heaven. That when is Allah Ta'ala going to give the command for me to make and direct my salat away from Baytul Muqaddas to Baytullah. That Kaaba and Baytullah, which we are talking about, so great is its majesty and its superiority. When Nabi Karim Sallallahu turned towards the Kaaba and said, I take an oath by the being in whose hands my life is, that the honor of a believer is greater than The honor of the believer is greater than the honor of the Kaaba and Baytullah. Today, if someone were to break the Kaaba, what will we do? How will we react? We are breaking Kaabas on a daily basis by breaking the hearts and breaking the honor of Muslims. And, this, and we, we carry on as if it's nothing. Brothers, this is this Muslim brotherhood, the importance of it that Nabi Karim Wasallam has made mention and Allah Ta'ala makes mention of. Then this unity of this ummah is of such great importance. This ummah remains united, there is strength. Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had said, Yadullahi ala al-jama'ah. Allah's assistance is on the united Lord. Blessing is with the jama'at. That is why in the fiqh of Imam Hanifa, it is not desired that you make too many And the reason giving is, it will break the unity of the ummah. So this is the importance with regard to it. It is so important. In the words of Hazrat Mawana Yusuf Sahib, Mawana Yusuf Sahib was the son of Mawana Ilyas, the reviver of the Tabligh Jama'at. Right? He used to say, I take an oath that until you are not united, Allah's assistance will not come upon you. Until you are not united, Allah's assistance will not come upon you. And he said in the time of Medina Sharif, if there were 10,000 people, every person had the support, had the love of 999 people. Today out of 10,000 people, we might be having 9,000 jamaats, 9,000 different type of you know, people in different inclinations. Then we say, why doesn't the help of Allah Ta'ala comes upon us? In the words of Mawana Yusuf Sabrahmatullah, and until you're not united, Allah's assistance will not come upon you. He gave a bayan a few days before his death, which is entitled Ummat Pana, keeping the Ummat together. And in that, he had put so much of emphasis upon it. In one particular, you know, he narrates a hadith in that last bayan of his. He said, on the day of Qiyamah, a person will come in front of Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala will say, go, go to Jannah. And he said, Ya Allah, I didn't do much. Why am I going to Jannah? He said, Ummah, why is it a crit critical stage? You said one word, you said one sentence, you gave one bayan, and you brought the Ummah together. Go because of bringing the Ummah together and the uniting the Ummah, go into Jannah. He said, another person will be called. And he will say, go to Jahannam. And he said, Wa Allah, why am I going to Jahannam? He said, the Ummah was at a criti critical stage. 
You said one statement. Remember this, brothers, I will refer to it before the end of my talk again. You said one statement. In today's time, you will say you sent one post out on the social media. Broke the ummah. You divided the ummah. You created disunity in the ummah. In this particular bayan, Mona Yusuf said, creating disunity amongst the ummah is more severe in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala than missing Jummah Salah. And go and read it. That particular bayan has been translated. Brothers, you and I, we take this particular matter for, for, for granted. This unity of the ummah is something that we have to strive towards. It is something that has given us strength. And there is no doubt, writes Mu'ala Abu Hassan Nadwi Rahimullah, he said, I can say with a modem of authority because I've studied history that wherever Muslims had lost civilizations in the past, it has not been because of many, could be other reasons, but one of the greatest reasons, he say, was the disunity of the ummah. He say the Mughal Empire, the Spanish Empire, I have been twice to Spain to go and see the history of Spain, go and read the history of Spain. Nine, eight, nine hundred years of rule was lost primarily because of the disunity of the ummah. Muslims were fighting with one another. Muslims were disunited and they were fighting to this extent that Muslims used to take, they used to have, you know, different types of um, city-states. So Ibn Battuta, the most uh, famous traveler, went to Spain and when he went to Spain, he said in a very amazing thing, he said, I never ever saw so many Amirul Mu'mineens in one place, in one country. Sounds familiar. Huh? Almost like he's speaking about our situation. So many Amirul Mu'mineens in one place. He said, the way I saw them, I said that it is bound to happen. Two things, imitation and one of them, disunity. They used to take the assistance of non-Muslims, Isabella and Ferdinand, and then they used to take their assistance to go and fight against another Muslim. Once that particular Muslim was, <coughs> was destroyed, then they said the other the non-muslims and the enemies one more taken out then the, the person who used to call for help they used to destroy that particular person and because of this disunity the muslims lost a glorious civilization perhaps one of the greatest civilization in the history not only of islam perhaps the greatest civilization in so my brothers we can talk about the different types of importance of which i started off the importance of importance of unity now what does this particular brotherhood demands from us it means upon us one of the demands it makes upon us is that we at one another nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam had said in a hadith don't turn against one another don't 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 hate one another don't make hasad upon one another be brothers unto one another had said your iman is not complete until you stay away from jealousy, you stay away from hatred, you stay away, <coughs> you stay away from all of these negative attributes of hate, hasad, jealousy, you know, looking down upon one another. Until you don't have this, your iman is not completed. Today, my dear respected brothers, we take it for granted. You know, these particular aspects, to there is a situation we say that no, there is, there is a concept in our Sharia with regard to uh, love one another for the sake of Allah and dislike one another for the sake of Allah. But it's very, very, it's a very fine line. Are you looking at someone because of Bukhsbillah or because of your own nafs, of your own desire? We all know the very famous hadith and the very famous, maybe not the hadith, the incident, Ali radiallahu was fighting with a non-Muslim in the heat of the battle. And when he was fighting with a non-Muslim, he overwhelmed the non-Muslim. He was about to finish him up, about to kill him. 
when all of a sudden he spat in his face. Now, you would have thought that this would have been a reason for him to go and completely call, you know, kill him. And Ali radiallahu anhu got up and the non-Muslim was taken aback. Something that normally would, you know, bring about anger in any person. I've done such a disgusting act. Here you had me in your conductor way. What did Ali radiallahu anhu say? Ali radiallahu anhu said, I was fighting you first for the sake of Allah. When you spat in my face, I felt a change in my intention. I felt that now if I'm going to fight upon you, and I'm going to fight with you, it will be because, perhaps because of my anger that you spat in my face. I walked away from that. And then another instinct that we have to keep in mind, that Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and even the Sahaba in their action, many great ulama, they always made mention with regard to this hate, this sin, not the sin. Hazrat Muhammad sallallahu one of our greatest scholars, he was an epitome of kindness. An epitome of, you know, akhlaq and conduct. And that Hazrat Muhammad Sallallahu you say, you hate the sin, you don't hate the sin. And there are so many examples with regard to this. Obviously, we have to hate the sin. If you don't hate the sin, then a time will come that we will not be able to make the distinction between right and wrong, between vice and virtue, between good and evil. We have to hate the sin. But the person who is committing it, you've got no right to make mention with regard to it that he will go to Jahannam because he made a sin. It is Allah Ta'ala's prerogative, not your prerogative. And it is Allah Ta'ala's mercy, my dear respected brothers, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has not kept this particular aspect of who will go to Jannat and Jahannam in the, in the hands of human beings. Especially in today's time, if it was in the hands of human beings, I think 90% of the ummah will all go to Jannah. Here the situation is, I said in a hadith, my example is like the example of, you know, moths in a fire all going towards the fire. And I'm pulling you back from the fire. I'm keeping you back from the fire. In today's time, we say, how can we put it? This is a situation. Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, my example is I'm pulling you away from the fire to take people away from the fire of Jahannam. So beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so what I'm saying is, yes, we make the distinction and we can't, we can't draw, we can't leave the lines blurred with regard to right and wrong. But we hate the sin, not the sinner. The sinner, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might give him hidayat. He might turn out to be better than he matters most. And there are many examples with regard to that. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's time. Right? Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, on one occasion, there was a person who was being punished because he took alcohol in the time of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And as they were punishing him, one, one person said, May Allah disgrace you. Akzaakallah. May Allah ta'ala disgrace you. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, How dare you say such a thing? I know he's got love. A person taking alcohol in the Mubarak time of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And someone said, May Allah disgrace you. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Don't say that. I know he loves Allah. In his... Don't help shaitan against him. If you are going to make him despondent and you say you are an evil person, he will become an evil person. He will fulfill your prophecy. Why are you doing that? Don't help shaitan against him. I know he loves Allah and Israel. So we, we, hatred is something that we, we, we have been told to stay away from. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said in the hadith, what, one beautiful hadith, It is not permissible for a person out of hostility and hatred to stay away from another person for more than three days. If you hate a person and you stay away from him out of hostility, and out of enmity, and you die, you go into Jahannam. So these are what we, we keep the aluk with a person who is committing wrong. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might change him. And we don't know our situation. He might turn out to be better than us. Who are we to decide? Allah ta'ala in the Holy Quran says, فَلَا تُزَكُّ أَنفُسَتْ مُسْتَقْوَى Allah knows who has got the most taqwa. So in this particular matter, we have to be careful with regard to making that, you know, judging people on one particular guna and sin, not looking. We don't know what's going to happen in the, in the future. There are so many examples. 
it is so beautifully said, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past and every sinner, every sinner has a future. What's going to happen to him when Allah knows? Hazrat Umar radiallahu set out to kill Nabi Karim Sallallahu Today he's buried next to our beloved Nabi Karim Sallallahu No matter how tainted your past, your future is spotless. No matter how much guna you've called, cause if we're going to have this particular hate the person, stay away from him, keep him away, put him right in one corner, have, let shaitan have the upper hand of him. Where are those beautiful examples in our entire world, in our entire history, where people who had come with such great evil in their past, they turn out to be such great saints. Fuzayr ibn Ayaz was a gangster. He used to loot people. He used to rob people. Today when we take the name of Fuzayl ibn Ayaz, our head goes down in reverence and respect. Fuzayl ibn Ayaz rahmatullah So these are type of things. Even in terms of judgment, we judge the, 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 the action. There are certain things that are wrong, but we don't judge the person. For example, we have got the right to say, a person doesn't commit and doesn't read namaz, we've got the right to say that this particular action of his is wrong. He's not performing salat, not performing... He is committing whatever it is. He has committed theft, that committing of theft is wrong. He is committed immorality, that committing immorality is wrong. But does it mean that he is definitely going to Jahannam? Allah, is it is he a failure? That particular call is not ours. That call is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala might give him hidayat. May Allah ta'ala might take away our hidayat. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa said in a hadith, sometimes a person does so many wrong deeds, he does such evil, there is one span between him and Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala gives him hidayat. He turns away from Jahannam and he becomes a Jannat. And sometimes there is so many good deeds a person does, there is one span between him and Jannat. And Allah Ta'ala takes away hidayat. You don't do good deeds on your own, you do it because Allah Ta'ala gave you the tawfiq of doing. Allah Ta'ala takes away hidayat and this person becomes a Jahannami. Huh? So who are we to judge? Who are we to judge with regard to those matters? That is why one day a Bantu came to Abdullah ibn Abbas, a villager. And he said, Abdullah, who's going to judge us on the day of Qiyamah? Who's going to judge us on the day of Qiyamah? So Abdullah ibn Abbas said, he said, loud takbir, Allah. He said, then we are saved. Then, then we are saved. He said, I wouldn't want, instead of Allah, even my mother to judge me. I wouldn't want on the day of judgment, instead of Allah, even my mother to judge me. I would rather be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In hadith there is narrated that people will just be amazed by the mercy of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send out His mercy. And sometimes we don't know. We have to be, we have to be careful with regard to this. We all know the famous incident of Usama bin Zaid. I mean, look at, look at this whole particular incident and look at the whole situation with regard to the circumstances. It looks so clear. Usama bin Zaid is in jihad. He's fighting against a non-Muslim. The non-Muslim flees the battle. Usama bin Zaid pursues him, corners him. He's about to kill him. And then he recites, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasul. Usama bin Zaid said, look at the circumstances. He's fighting against the way. Now that I'm cornering, now he's reading Kalima La ilaha illallah. It apparently seems that he's only doing it to save his life. So Usama bin Zaid did what perhaps most of us would do in a similar situation. He killed him. Then Nabi Karim Sallallahu came to know about Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, Usama, what are you going to answer Allah on the day of Qiyamah? Fahalla shakakta kalba? Did you open up his heart? Intention is reading the kalima. He read the kalima. Who are you to judge with regard to on what basis he read the kalima? You were supposed to accept his reading the kalima, even if it came in such a situation, even if it came in such circumstances. To judge a person who has committed a guna, maybe Allah Ta'ala will forgive him. Abu Mahjan al-Thaqafi, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, was a person who used to take alcohol, he had a weakness. On the eve of the battle of Qadsiyah, perhaps one of those in the history of Islam, Abu Mahjan al-Thaqafi was found to be, you know, intoxicated. They locked him up. 
when he was locked up, the battle started. Because he was a warrior, he found it very difficult to be, you know, in chains. So in this particular way, he started saying that, he started singing poetry that if only I could be on the battlefield, I could have shown that I am dedicated to the cause. I am dedicated to the deen. The wife of Saad bin Abi Waqaz, the Muslim general, heard him. Heard him. She said, why? Well, please unlock me. I will go and fight. If Allah Ta'ala keeps me alive, I will come back and lock myself up again. And if I die, a martyr is a martyr. No one will blame you. He went out in the battlefield and he somehow or the other got in and he got martyred. And he went. Abu Mahjan went. He came out. He didn't have any horse. There was an extra horse of Saad bin Abi Waqaz there. He took that horse and he went into the battlefield. Wherever he went, he created disunity in the ranks of the enemy. And he became the means of the Muslim victory. And Saad bin Waqas is sitting on top, watching and observing the battle, and he said, who is this person who is creating such a great, you know, tide in favor of the Muslims? He said, had it not been for Abu Mahjan al thaqafi that I had locked him up, I would have said it is Abu Mahjan. And what is it? It looks like my own home. Subhanallah. He comes back at the end of the day. He comes, and the wife said, Abu Mahjan pleaded with me to free him. I freed him. He goes to there. Abu Mahjan had come to lock himself up, and... You know, oath, I will never drink alcohol again. Sad bin Abi Waqas released him. A person catered on the eve of the battle became the hero of Islam. So my dear respected brothers, we have to keep in mind, sometimes it is so sad when you look at what is perhaps pervasive in today's time coming up. It is almost as kindness, mercy, have become attributes which we tend to stay away from. The more harsh a person is, the more pious he is. The more narrow interpretation he has, the more pious he is. But what, what is about our beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when Allah Ta'ala says, It is Allah's rahmat that He was kind to you. What is the overall perception we get when we study the life of our beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? One of kindness, one of compassion, one of not looking, bringing people up. People who were sinners, Nabi Akarim Sallallahu showed them such, such love that those who were enemies of Islam became Muslims and days. Ikrama bin Nabi Jahal, we all know the incident. The son of Abu Jahal. And then Nabi Akarim showed him respect. Nabi showed him love. And then on the eve of one of the battles, he told Khalid bin Walid, enemies. Khalid said, you are going to put yourself and your life at risk. So he said, Khalid, what do you know? I was an enemy of Islam today. Don't stop me from fighting for Islam. And he went into the midst of the battle and 90 wounds were counted on the front of his body for the sake of Islam and he was martyred. How did he become a martyr? Because of the love and kindness that Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam showed. In the battle of Wahad, when Nabi Karim Sallallahu was two teeth was shaheed and Nabi Sallallahu was bruised and Nabi Sallallahu was full of blood. One sahabi said, Ya Rasulullah, why now, why don't you, why don't you, curse the enemies. This is the time to curse the enemies. Look at what they have done to you. Look at what they have done to the Sahaba. Look at what they have done to your uncle. Nabi Karim Sallallahu lifted his hands. Some of the Sahaba were very happy. They said, now Nabi Karim Sallallahu will curse them and they will be destroyed. So when Nabi Karim Sallallahu lifts, started saying something, they all put their ears down. Put their ears. What is Nabi Sallallahu going to say? What did he say? Allahumma hadi qawm fa'innahum la ya'lamun. Oh Allah, have hidayah to call my people. They are ignorant. This was the overall understanding of our understanding of Nabi Sallallahu Concern, kindness, compassion. And in conclusion, I will just say this one thing, my dear respect brothers. There is a lot of things that are happening. There are a lot of, you know, hatred that has been emanated. And especially to the means of social media. Previously, a person couldn't do something. He had to come in front of people to create fitna. Now he can do it behind the screen. Request, brothers. I made mention of that hadith which Muhammad Yusuf Sallallahu said. One word which creates disunity can put you into great spiritual problems. Can put you in Jahannam. We must never be the cause of creating disunity. Something happens, why must we become part of that particular? Let us stay away from it. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allah, ukhbirukum. 
Should I not tell you something that is even more greater than Nafil Salat, greater than Nafil Rosa? Bala ya Rasulullah, tell us. Al-Islah that al-Bayin, bring people to because this unit, hatred, halika, it shaves. And because shaving is associated with the hair, Nabi Sallallahu said, I don't say it shaves off your hair, it shaves off your deen. All your good deeds get wiped by creating this unit. Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, I guarantee a house in the middle of Jannah for a person who walks away from an argument while he's right. A house in the middle of Jannah. May Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, my dear. We spoke about Muslim brothers, we spoke about the importance of unity. We spoke about the, import, the harms of disunity. We spoke about two things in particular. Don't hate people. Don't look down upon people. You know? We hate the sin and we need to hate the sin because otherwise the, the, the differentiation between right, we can't blur the lines. We have to hate the sin. We have to, we can't condone wrong. We have to make a distinction. But the person who has committed, we make dua for. Maybe because of our showing him, who knows, he might turn out to be better than us. So may Allah give us a topic of making amal.